This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Jeremy, Ali, Shining Donut 911, Nathan, Jennifer with the PH, Joey, Mr. Rage Bomb, Libby, Sneaky Snake, Wes, Dreskel, Kaylee, Aaron, Danielle, the number Jeff, Amy, Tia, Matthew, Dave, Jonathan, Scott, Kate, Isaac, Karoon, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, please do so in the Discord server or the Facebook group where we hang out daily. I, we were recording um, The Burning, and I was wondering, I was like, why, why am I such low energy? I was like, this movie has the silly energy that I, I want to make a silly episode. Right. I just feel so low energy. Well, it turned out we all had COVID. <laughs> well, you two had COVID. <laughs> no joke. When I was editing The Burning episode and the My Big Fat Greek Wedding episode for Romancing the Pod. You could tell that you guys had COVID. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I was like, I don't feel funny. And in fact, I feel just very sleepy. <laughs> also, Mikey, in The Big Fat My Greek Wedding episode... Or in the my man, that COVID brain fog is real. (laughs) (laughs) This old lady just needed some dick. She was horny for murder. Oh, so like a true crime podcast girl. Hey, you know what? Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not paying you for therapy. Don't analyze me. (laughs) Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, you guys made me watch X. X. Paige, I'm going to make you a shirt that just says, I'm horny for cheese and murder. I would wear that. (laughs) I should get that tattooed. Oh, that's a much bigger commitment than a t-shirt, but feel free. See, I'm horny for cheesy murders, which is pun-based murders. Oh, Mikey, I think pun-based murders are your, like, strong suit. Actually, did you, were you, like, the head writer for CSI Miami for, like, 20 years? Yeah. Looks like he wanted to (laughs) ask her a question. Uh, anyway, so we watched X, obviously. Had you guys already seen this movie? Or was this the first time you've seen it? Paige made me watch it. Oh, that's right. I saw it in theaters, so I got to see the bonus end scene that's not in the online version. Yeah, which I fast-forwarded twice through the credits to see, and I was like, I don't think it's on here. I did it today, too, to, to make sure, but it's it doesn't appear to be included. It absolutely is not, because I bought this movie because there is not an option to rent it. Same. There was, but it was the same cost as yeah. buying. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Extensively, that's the same to me. So like I just bought it and I wish I hadn't. I wish I had rented it for the same amount I paid for it. (laughs) When you told me you had bought it, I was like, hmm, I think he's going to regret that. It is what it is. (laughs) It's the same anyway. It's a write off. Yeah, exactly. But Paige, you liked it when you saw it in theaters? There are parts of it that I liked more today even than I liked in the theaters. In the theater, it's a very uncomfortable first watch, especially in a theater. To the point where I found it almost overwhelming a little bit at points. Okay. And not as much so watching it at home. I will say it's probably the Thai West movie I've enjoyed the most. And I I honestly, I think I have to credit A24 with that a little bit. Have you seen The Innkeepers? No. Should I? It's a ghost story. I like The Innkeepers. So we should should do an episode on that. Every other Thai West movie I've seen, I have like hated like not just disliked like never put this in front of my eyes again hated and this is the only one that i have not okay i think this and innkeepers are probably his best 
Okay. Because like sacrament, I was like, I hated sacrament so much. It like morally offended Well, that's why me. I picked that for the <laughs> We should say we did an episode before Paige joined the podcast full time on the cult podcast feed that is more or yes. less just a horror virgin episode on the sacrament so if you haven't heard that i guess hidden horror virgin episode it's in the cult podcast yeah uh so i yeah all of my friends had really really liked it and had had talked about how much they they loved it and so we made a point to go see it in theaters because like everyone we knew that has good horror taste loved it and it's definitely my favorite that he's done. One of my frustrations with Ty West typically is that he'll include things in his movies purely seemingly for shock value. Where oh, yeah. Like it doesn't super help the story. It doesn't necessarily fit. I feel like this movie has the least amount of those moments, but there's still a couple of them in it that I'm like, we didn't need this. Like this is this isn't helping anybody. Yeah. But overall, I think the cinematography of this movie is super cool. I think there's a really cool visual language to it. I do think the story is interesting, if creepy and uncomfortable. Uh, I think the performances overall are really good. It's got some bonkers kills. Yeah. Overall, I would say I, I generally like it. I, I could fully understand why Todd does not, but I do like this movie. Yeah. Overall. Okay, cool. Mikey, what did you think about it the first time you saw it? Um, I'm kind of with her. I think it's one of Ty West's best. I really like The Innkeepers, but I'm more of a ghost story kind of person anyway. I would say that I enjoyed this more than I thought I was going to enjoy it because it seemed more in like more of a classic horror film. I think that's what he was going for. It definitely reminded me of like an an homage to like Texas Chainsaw. Oh yeah. I feel like he took that and was like, I want to pay as much homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre as I can and not have it be just like a copy. Cause I don't feel like it's yeah. a copy. I feel like this is no. a, a good example of like how you can make a brand new story, but you know, show reverence to like what inspired you. Of right? Another movie. right. Yeah. And, and I, I went into it pretty blind. So I had no idea what was going to happen. Uh, I thought it was, super interesting some of the choices he made like i think the idea of coming across like retired serial killers is like an interesting concept is pretty fun to be honest yeah which i th I thought it was fun to play with i i think it was i i also agree with page that the cinematography is pretty good but like where i watched it it was like very dark so i didn't really get to see it, a lot of details dark. i think it may have been shot a little too dark for my taste because i'm like the shadows are moving and i don't know if i'm supposed to be scared but i don't know what's going on yeah i will say that's where watching it in a theater is a lot better that's what i would assume it is way way darker watching it in your house in a theater because it's so dark it's almost like it puts you in it a little bit yeah. and it makes it scarier a hundred percent i'm sure this would have been terrifying in the theater this was like a seven or eight for me in the theater Th yeah. that makes sense honestly what i like about this more than other horror films is that all of the characters i liked uh none of them were like i hope that guy dies because he's an idiot yeah like I, I i kind of enjoyed all of them about like that and yeah i'm uh, granted they're all you know they're humans they have complicated interrelationships yeah. with each other but none of them were but like none of assholes. them are just annoying yeah, yeah. you know whatever uh, so I like that. So it was like sad to see some people get killed. A lot of people, when, when they're, they're like, oh, you guys are doing X. What did you think about it? What did you think about it? And a lot of people I talked to were like, old people's sex and like that was people's complaints the most and Wait, i was like that's one of my complaints yeah. that that is honestly one of mine because i felt like uh, and i'm torn about it because old people have sex obviously yeah yeah and we shouldn't shy away from depicting that when the story calls for it i felt like the way they depicted it in this movie was ty west going
going for shock value. And I felt like the way... I didn't... Yeah, the way it was shot is kind of exploitative. Now, granted, you could argue, and, and I think it's a valid argument, this is a movie about exploitation to a degree. And so it does merit that kind of representation. And it is cool to see her shifting under the bed yeah she's like army crawling out while they're boning yeah it's one of many many shots in this movie that have what i would call like a haunted mansion effect where they're shot super high up yeah so it makes the room look impossibly tall Mm -hmm. and they do a lot of it in a bunch of places her army crawling out i felt like was a nod to the alligator scene earlier in the movie except she is the one sort of creeping out of that space yeah right part of the reason it bothered me is both the people in the scene are made up to look much older than they are they are not actual old people right i mean one of them is one of, is the main girl from the movie she did double d yeah exactly yeah. and so it's i felt like in them trying to make them up to look grosser older it lessened the impact of what they were trying to say with that scene I mean, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, because they're not actually using old people to show it. Because, like, you're getting this shot of, like, his butt with the age spots on it. I'm like, why are we focusing? Like, you could shoot this same exact shit in a slightly different way and it wouldn't feel as out of place and exploitative. Like, watching it in theaters, it took me right out. I think it's interesting, though, to see sexual gratification killers get to the age where like your dick doesn't work well and i think that's a very interesting concept that i've never seen explored i mean it literally kills him to fuck her it yeah. does yeah and and here's the thing i'm i'm not saying don't have them have sex i think you should i think it's the way it's shot because it completely took me out of the movie when i watched it and this is also maybe just a personal thing i hate when sex sex scenes are shot that way just from above butt moving up and down I hate it. It's the that's w- the good angle, Paige. It's the ah, worst ah, composition ah, ah, for a scene ever. Oh, it's absolutely. terrible. Yeah, but that is kind of what sex is. I mean, Sometimes. one very specific type of sex. Yeah, you could yeah. put that camera a million different places in a million different ways. But there, there's a lot of sex scenes in this movie. Then they all feel exploitive in a way. I only like to watch sex scenes the way God watches sex scenes. <laughs> that's basically <laughs> what it is. From inside you. Oh no. I, I my- I also think there's a and and maybe this is because neither of you got to see the ending scene there is a question as to whether or not they have always been sexual gratification killers or this is a newer development oh see i wouldn't like that i liked i like being able to put it together without any answer because to me it was like oh they've been murdering people for sexual gratification for a long time but she's the only one getting off on it now because he has a bad heart now yeah and i guess that could be possible but what the latter scene implies and it connects to some of the scenes in the movie is that she was a movie star back in her day so she was much like our main character in some kind of older exploitative films and now she's older and does not feel like she's a star anymore and that is plays into their killing people. So she was oh. like a 1930s porn star? Yes. Well, I don't like that at all. I like the backstory I developed in my head, which was like they would just go around murdering a shit ton of people as serial killers, like like and doing the sexual gratification killing, and they had probably had their own process. And then they just got, they were so successful, they got old and like had to settle down. The, the implication based on the ending scenes, plus some of the scenes in the movie, is that it developed as a result 
result of him not being able to perform. Now, granted, these people are very old, so it's possible that he has not been able to perform sexually in the way that she wanted for 40 years, you know, like depending on how old they are. So like, I mean, he's got a mouth and hands. What, what are we doing guys? Uh, thank you. Truth. Um, yeah, no, I agree. He can still make his wife happy. Yeah. It, I mean, we know that it, from the movie, we know that this is at least their third or fourth batch of people, but we don't know anything before that. Technically. To me, that's less interesting than like a successful serial killer career. And like what happens when you age out of sexual gratification from killing people? I think it would be, impossible to last that long killing that many people especially because they would have been doing it when they were young i think in the past it could have yeah maybe in the 1930s when she was a porn star and he was her manager they definitely could have got away with it yeah like they were traveling around the country from like the 20s to the 50s or whatever or the 60s hell yeah we know they didn't travel because they've had that farm since she was a movie star you see it in the in the ending scene that's why i don't like the end i don't i never saw that well you don't get to choose you didn't make the movie i did the movie I saw, it wasn't included on. So I saw what they... Well, because you didn't get your ass to the theater. The director wanted it there. It wasn't, but it wasn't there for me. So, like, this, uh, th- that's not the movie I saw. But that is the movie that was intended, and the, it's the movie that the bulk of people who saw this movie saw, because most of them saw it in theaters. Well, then I think it's shittier than I was thinking. <laughs> that is one of the things that Ty West included that I was like, I'm not super sure about. Mm-hmm. That and making Maxine the preacher's daughter, I was not yeah, super sure about. I noticed I that like, at the end, too. I don't know that we needed it. Yeah, it was a weird inclusion. I didn't think we really needed. Yeah, I, I think it was one of those things that was meant to be like, ooh, and I'm like, eh, like it doesn't make a huge difference to me either way. Well, you yeah, because it wasn't really involved in the story. It wasn't. I mean, it's interesting that she she recites some of the things from his sermon to herself as her personal affirmations. I do think that's a little bit interesting, but other than that, you know. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Honestly, the preacher I thought looked like Robert England. Like Robert England? Yeah, the professor from Urban Legend. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> one he's ever done that, we, that we've done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Robert England from, from urban legend got yeah, it yeah from that one workaholics episode got it got it, got it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. i will admit that i think this is a perfect storm of a movie i don't like it is scary the body horror that doesn't normally get me it's way over the top on this it's pretty bad in this movie yeah it is it's really bad in this so like it did get me there were a few jumps but the jumps honestly weren't the, the worst part for me the body horror was real graphic and got me i actually kind of liked the way this movie did jump scares they and 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 it did it in a way that i don't think we normally see where it would cut from action to action so like there's one scene where she goes to turn on the light in the cellar yeah and as she pulls it we see the pitchforks go into wayne's eyes yeah and it's like We're anticipating one action, we get another follow through. And it's a very kind of unique way to really disrupt your viewer in a scary way without just like, boo, jump scaring them. Yeah. Uh, And I thought that was actually pretty unique. I I did kind of like them doing that. Yeah, I definitely don't think they used like cheap jump scares or anything. And the jump scares weren't super scary. In fact, the biggest jump scare I sort of laughed afterwards because it was like when she runs into the old man. Yeah. And nothing happened. I mean, it wasn't like a, a a kill jump scare, right? It was just like an, oh, shit, watch out kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but Ty West is the type of director and like creator that I like just because he's really good at what he does. And he does it usually for like a really low budget. I think that's super cool. And I have a lot of love for those type of people. Like the people who did The Endless, mm-hmm. I have a lot of love for them, too, just because of the indie nature of what they do. I just don't like Ty West's style as much as I like like the guys mm-hmm. from The Endless. Um, 
I think a lot of it is just because maybe his movies are actually more scary than like The Endless was, if that makes sense. So, but I don't think it's a bad movie. I think like the sacrament's definitely more exploitative than this just because it is very much Jonestown, right? But it's also stylistically void. I would say like when you said Ty West style, I was like, what style? Uh, Well, I mean like the indie nature about how it goes about his productions. Sure. He definitely has a vision in this film and a style. Yeah. This film, but I feel that's why I said, I feel like we have a 24 to think for to think. I think he definitely feels like he went to some sort of film college between this and a couple of his other ones in this. I maybe, I mean, that is what it looks like. Innkeepers is kind of, I like the story and I like the scares, but it's kind of like, uh, like stylistically, it's like, this is a movie. That's what all Ty West movies feel like to me, where it was like, mm-hmm. we pointed a camera at people. What more yeah. did you want? Now, this movie also shares like half its crew with Hereditary. And they actually do some similar camera work to Hereditary, especially working in shadows. And that layer of just amazing camera work on this movie makes all the difference. And it made me overlook some of the kind of smaller Ty Westisms that I'm like, eh, I don't super love that because it was made so well. Yeah, honestly, I was surprised when I saw who was the cinematographer on this because it's not the guy from Hereditary. It's someone that Ty West has worked for it's or not. worked with a bunch. But all the producers are people who yeah, also yeah, yeah, worked yeah. for. But yeah. uh, the cinematographer is a guy named Elliot Rocket and uh, mm-hmm. he's he's done this. He's done Mr. Mercedes. He's done uh, I- The Innkeepers, Mikey. He did Cabin Fever 2, Spring Fever, which Ty West mm-hmm. also did. It's terrible. <laughs> he did House of the Devil. So, like, he has done a lot of Ty West stuff, and I have not really liked the way that Ty West stuff was shot, but this, I feel like, is a lot better than that. So I wonder if it's just the inclusion of those A24 producers that really, like, I sort of, like Mikey said, sort of, sort of sent them to, like, filmmaking college on set. I also think that a lot of what we're liking was done in editing. That could be, too. Yeah. Like, whenever they're taking some of the porn shots to make them look like it's shot on, like, Super 8 or I think it's 16. I think it's 16, yeah. Yeah, that I think is mostly done in editing. So I think there's parts of this that like, you know, there are other hands involved and that's what kind of makes the parts better, the the whole more than the sum of its parts. Because... Yeah, Cabin Fever 2 is so unbelievably bad. Like, that that would be a bonkers episode. It's worse than the first one. That like, is hard to believe. Which is hard believe. to say. Yeah. But Paige, I do believe you. But one of the things I really loved about this was the opening shot in this movie. It is, like, shot through a door frame. Yeah. But because it's dark, it looks like it was shot on 16 millimeter. Yep. And then as the camera comes out as they're pulling up, it reveals yeah. the, the whole frame. And I bet in the theme that shot was cool as shit like that kind of shit i love it was cool, it was at home. cool yeah. as shit dude for as cool as this movie is at home it is a spectacle in the theater like if you ever get a chance to see this in a theater even if you didn't love it at home go see it in a theater yeah because this movie was truly shot for a theatrical release yeah there's so much cool shit they did you can kind of see it when you're watching it at home but in a theater, it was like in your face. It was pretty cool looking. So you guys want to talk about the movie scene by scene? Let's break it down. Let's do it. Yes. So uh, we open on some pretty cool logos. It's A24, so you know it's about to get freaky. And <laughs> as Todd just described, we have that opening shot in the doorway where we can hear the cicadas. Cicadas? Cicadas. Yeah, we have them down here. My husband says cicadas, and I don't know if that's an oh, accent he? thing or whatever. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's a regional thing. We call them cicadas here in Nashville. Yeah. 
uh, anyway, we have a shot of a farmhouse and we watch as the police pull up to the house. Yeah. The cops get out and they start to survey the damage and it is a bloodbath. It's crazy. Like, like, the sheriff literally picks up a sheet and uh, we don't know yet, but that's the woman who gets her head run over. Yes. So, like, he looks at that and he's like, ugh. And then he walks in the house and it's like blood streaks everywhere. It's nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. And then one of them pulls him aside and he's like, get a load of the basement. Yeah. And we haven't seen what's in the basement yet. We will see it later. Uh, but what we haven't seen yet is that there is a, a dead person chained up in the basement and we will find out that it is a missing person that they've been looking for yeah via the milk carton even though that is an anachronism so <laughs> i remember you talking about how that bothered you because it didn't happen until like 84 right yeah 84 um yeah. and this is 1979 it bothered me in the theaters and but i did the thing of like oh fuck it if that's the worst like like yeah. if that's as bad as we're gonna get so we cut to a close-up of someone cutting lines of cocaine on a mirrored countertop in a strip club. As she pulls her head back, this is Maxine. She rubs the rest on her teeth and Wayne interrupts her. He says, go easy on that stuff, will you? They say too much of a good thing. Now, this guy, I don't, who is the actor? I have it pulled up. In my brain, he's just not Kurt Russell. <laughs> to me, he was not Matthew yes. McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> Martin Henderson is his name. He was in Smoke and Aces and The Ring and a few other things. He, for some reason, he had a very Kurt Russell energy to him in my mind. I don't know why, but. Is it because he walked around in his tidy whities for half the movie? Potentially. It, it's more, <laughs> it was more of an attitude thing. And he's not like a great dude, but he's also not a villain, which I think is really interesting. No, I honestly feel like he gives some pretty decent advice to the cinematographer of the porn shoot. You end up kind of liking him in a weird way. Hey, yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. They did that cinematographer dirty at the end. I mean, I was just like, Ooh. you mean the way he dies or the way he gets like, how do you mean they did him dirty? Who did it's him dirty? Her it is her choice. Yeah, he, and it's, it's up to him. He should have voiced. I am uncomfortable with this. I think we would break up if I don't think I can handle this. Here's the thing. We're, he could have. He may have. It's still her choice at the end of the day. So Absolutely. like, sure. Yeah. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with him communicating that, hey, if you do this, I'm not going to want to continue to be in a relationship with you. And that's fine, too. And if she still wanted to do it, that's fine. Because it is her choice. Right. But Mikey, I understand, I understand what you're saying. He died brokenhearted. Well, and... everyone dies. So it doesn't matter. But dying sad is like extra dying. No, it's not. It's like dying twice, It's Paige. like dying twice, Paige. And he also, he didn't die sad. He died vengeful. He was about to leave them all there with no truck and no van. True. With the murderous old people. Well, he didn't know they were murderous old people, but still, he was stranding them there. He found out. He fucked around and, <laughs> and he found, found out. out. <laughs> anyway, so he interrupts her doing cocaine and they kiss. So we find out that they're kind of a couple and he tells her that they need to get a move on because time is money. He leaves. She stares into the mirror and just says, you're a fucking sex symbol. And then walks out the door. Uh, her mirror conversations with herself are wild, I but know. I kind of love them. Yeah, I honestly love that this movie taught me if I'm ever in a life or death situation, I need to be doing coke or I will die. Because she's the <laughs> only person that does coke in this movie. And she's the only she's one that the survives. One who lives. Yeah. I mean, I think realistically, she's probably not the only person doing coke in this movie. That's probably she's the fair. only one we see. Yeah. And also, like, I feel like some people could have lived more if they would have made better choices uh yeah i mean i feel like a lot of people make really dumb choices in this movie the only guy who i feel like just didn't see it coming and like had no choice in the matter was the vet yeah vietnam yeah vet? he was my saddest kill yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. Like, jackson he's just oh, he done dirty. yeah he's also 
a pretty nice yeah. guy. He was yeah. like seriously <laughs> trying movie. to help the farmer. He was trying to help. And even even Britney Snow's character at one point tries to help Pearl, the old lady. Was that Britney and, Snow? And then killed trying to help her. Yeah, it was Britney Snow. Yeah. Well, and the vet is Kid Cuddy, Mikey. Yeah, it's Kid Cuddy. It's his first movie. Yeah. First what? horror movie. I'm like blown away. But great for, good for him. Yeah. I mean, absolutely yeah, I, good for him. Do you see how much dong he was slinging? Dude was Thunder Gun Express. Like, <laughs> yeah. hanging full dong. Almost as much as Fisher Stevens. <laughs> as teenage Fisher Stevens. <laughs> so... Uh, we cut to the back of their strip club. We do find out that it's called Bayou Burlesque in Houston, Texas. I love the mural on the side of it. I loved that mural. Well, did you notice what was depicted in the mural? Because this is a little a little A24 special, a little bit of midsummer sprinkling on this film. It's Britney Snow's character having an alligator take part of her clothes off. Yeah, well, it's like the Coppertone sunscreen ad. Where it's like a dog, I think it's a dog biting yes. the bikini bottoms of a girl, except mm-hmm. it's a gator, which uh, eventually kills uh, Britney Snow's yeah, character. Yeah, she gets right? eaten by a gator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the mural, like, it is legit a good mural. Like, if I saw that on the side of yeah. like, a country road that was a strip club, I'd be like, okay, I'm not going there, but that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> There's a handful of different places that, in the movie, that foreshadow people's deaths things that they say or things that they do and this is one of them and britney snow looks kind of like a 1970s marilyn monroe sort of yeah the last thing i saw britney snow in was pitch perfect and like she's like straight up naked in this movie like her vibe in this movie and pitch perfect are wildly different i forgot she was in pitch yeah she's in pitch perfect one and two i think oh that's right she's the one whose voice gets lower okay i mean i don't know there's like three women in pitch perfect that look like britney snow to me so like Oh, no, she was the one in the shower that she she hops in the shower with Anna Kendrick. That's right. I remember that scene. Mikey remembers. Anyway. <laughs> she does have a lot of teeth, Mikey. You're right. I, I That makes sense. I did not recognize her in this film, so that should tell you something. But I bet if it was Anna Kendrick, you would have. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who also really like digs smiles, and Anna Kendrick is his number one. She has a very pretty smile. Yeah. But could that person identify teeth independently <laughs> of the face. <laughs> Listen, I'll have to ask Kyle, but I doubt it. I think that's just Mikey. Anyway, so they all pile into a van that says plowing service. Love it. Which I love the little nods to that kind of stuff are very funny to me. And they pull out of the parking lot and start to drive away. And as they do, the shot pulls back. There's a lot of drone work in this movie. Yeah. And we see that this strip club is in the middle of like an industrial factory park. Yeah. Like it is the saddest, dreariest strip club ever. And we get across the screen in real cool bicentennial font, 1979. Yeah. Which is, it's the most 70s font, red, white, blue stars. Yeah. Yeah. We cut to inside the the van. They start passing out scripts and we meet the cinematographer and his girlfriend who's holding the boom mic. And they call her Church Mouse pretty much this whole movie. They call her Church Mouse for most of the movie because she's quiet and she stares at people. Yeah. Uh, But her name is Lorraine, you know, like the Warrens. But they start kind of talking about their movie and what they believe is the history or the future, I should say, of the porn industry. And here's the terrible thing. Wayne is not wrong because he's like, I think this home video market's about to revolutionize the sex movie industry. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. 
actually. You are correct. Yeah, it's a shame you're dead because you are a visionary and you are 100% right. <laughs> yep. And they're all talking about kind of how much money they're going to make when they're famous. And my favorite is Brittany Snow, who's just like, I just want a house with a pool so I can float around with my knees up and tan these titties. And I'm yeah. just like, goals. Yeah. Goals. Honestly, same. Right? Yeah. Same. All of that sounds amazing to me. I'll, yeah. tan, I'll tan my titties. I don't care. Would love to. So we cut to a rest stop <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. And the name of the rest stop is a callback to the innkeepers, but I'm not as familiar with the innkeeper, so I didn't see it. I just found it in Fun Facts later. I mean, I haven't seen it since like 2012, so I this kind of went over my head. But they go inside and they get groceries. Now, one of the things that super grossed me out in this movie is they get uncut bologna yeah. out of the cooler and then they're slicing it later, but they're slicing it like... Pretty thick. Y'all have never had thick bologna? Oh, no. Mikey, no, I have not. That, that sounds like a texture nightmare First for off, me. If you are going to have thick bologna you gotta fry it up you gotta fry up your thick bologna well okay that's a different story i because i do love me some fried bologna and slight sliced slightly thicker and fried i could see that's, that that's what i'm talking about gotta get one of them bologna steaks medium rare mm-hmm. yeah because they just they're just slicing it off and putting it on white bread there's like no frying going thick on bologna <laughs> that <laughs> sounds so disgusting to not me. warm but you gotta <laughs> make it cold that's good to go Ugh. Yeah, no thank you. It's like meat jello. Mm-mm. Oh, you mean like when I'm flaccid? Is it like that? Hang on, hang on, <laughs> Mikey. Sh- should you go to a doctor? Yes. Like like in general, like people should go to doctors. I guess that's yeah. fair, yeah. But you should go for your baloney-like dick. <laughs> you do have the right to be an attorney. <laughs> Not all jokes are bangers. Babe Ruth didn't hit 300 or whatever. He was also drunk and high most of the time. So, like, what's your excuse? <laughs> also chubby. <laughs> so as Wayne and Maxine are walking through gathering their groceries, we kind of get a little back and forth about what their relationship is, what her goals are, and kind of who everyone else is. This is where we find out that RJ's a college student and that that's why he took this job. Yeah, he's the page of the group. What? The film student. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have a collection of film cameras you legit went to and graduated from film school. Like, yeah, this is yes. definitely you. I mean, that's a bummer because it's not the fun death. (laughs) Wait, which one is the fun death? I mean, his death is my favorite death. Honestly, I'm going to take Howard's death. I think Howard might have the best death. Which one is Howard? Okay. That's the old man. You get to have sex with a person you love one last time, and then you get surprised by a person you shot coughing up blood, and you die of a heart attack instantly. Yeah. We've all been there. (laughs) I just like, I liked her, that dancing scene, I thought was the coolest scene in the whole movie. Oh, after she stabs him in front of the Uh van? I love that. I did think that was very cool. It felt to me like that was part of her murder ritual. That's what I thought. I thought, yeah, I was like, oh, she's a serial killer. Yeah. Well, that's that's the dance she used to do when she was younger. So it's in the the scene at the end of the, the credits, like that specific dance. Do you have any specifics on why they didn't include that in the... Like when no, they released it? I have no idea why they didn't. It's like watching a different movie page. Well, no, I think I know why. I have no idea. Well, it's it's coming out as a prequel. Yes. In tw- like this year. Yeah, they shot a whole second movie right after they did this one. Is it one of those things where like they were making this during COVID? So they just like had a lot of time to concentrate on this stuff? Actually, kind of, yes. So like they finished making like most of the principal photography for this movie. And then they had to like quarantine for two weeks, like in the middle of it. 
and Ty West wrote the whole prequel movie in those two weeks, then had the main actress, Mia Goth, stay in Australia or New Zealand, I'm sorry, yeah, for an extra two weeks, and they shot a trailer for the prequel movie. That's what shows at the end of the credits of this movie when I saw it in theaters, was the trailer for that prequel. Yeah. But now you can't find it fucking anywhere. I looked online when you guys said that it wasn't on your copy and I could not Yeah, they not didn't leak it. it online. They took it down, which makes me more yeah. mad because they didn't include it on the home release. I know. And, and I don't really know why. I think it's because they've already shot an entire like prequel to this and some of that stuff they want to keep for that and not show it to everybody. Yeah. But I mean, that's literally just speculation. So like could very well be wildly wrong. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway... Uh, This is also in this scene in the little mini mart is where we find out that Maxine is like, I I'm ready. I want to be famous. I want the high life. I'm driven. Yeah, I'm going to do it. She's going for speed like she's (laughs) going to do it. Um, But also we also find out that the reason that they have come to film in this county is because property taxes went up. And so money went further. They were able to basically rent a place for less money where people wouldn't ask questions because they needed the money. And it's very interesting as they're talking about this in the store where he's like, uh, some people get real weird about sex and you see the cashier yeah. just bristle. Yeah. You see her physically get real weird about sex. She viscerally reacts. Yeah. It's really interesting. We cut outside to where everyone else is. Uh, they're filling up the van with gas, but they're also filming it as part of the movie. And uh, Brittany Snow turns to Lorraine, a.k.a. Church Mouse. And she's like, your little boyfriend's cute. You help him with all his films? And she just says, sometimes, yeah. And then she, <laughs> in an attempt to make conversation, just says, is that your boyfriend? It points at Kid Cudi. And Brittany Snow just goes, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Which I, I thought that was pretty, pretty funny, funny yeah. But this is also the first place that we're kind of establishing that this whole group of people that we're traveling with, with the exception of Church Mouse, is a little more sexually free as far as like who sleeps with who and who's dating who. Yeah. Very different. And Church Mouse is maybe not ready for that. That isn't what she signed up for. And... It's taken her a little by surprise. Yeah, I think she does a really good job of portraying how uncomfortable she is by it at the very beginning. Yeah, uh, they do get a really hilarious shot of Kid Cudi filling up the car where it looks like his dick. I loved it. That was pretty fun. (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny too. And I like that Brittany Snow was like, if you shoot it from the top down, it'll look like he's filling it up with his dick. So he, RJ, the cinematographer for their shoot, does that. And then you show it pan up and Kid Cudi's like leaning back, mouth open. Like, it's so funny. As if he's pissing. (laughs) It's great. It's so funny. Yeah, I loved it. Um, This is also in the store. So we've already seen the preacher on TV at the crime scene at the very beginning of the movie. Now in the general store, we see that same preacher on TV as well and it becomes kind of a almost like a like a musical cue in the movie which I find pretty interesting that they use it that way. He did something very similar in the sacrament, and it's just not as effective in the sacrament. Oh, in the sacrament, are you referring to the tapes that Jim Jones would play or yeah. the Jim Jones character? Yeah. I did notice that they yeah. were doing that similar thing with the uh, evangelical preacher, but I don't know. I think it works better in this movie. Yes. Yeah, it's way more effective in this movie than it is in the sacrament. Yeah. Yes. So they hop in the van. They get back on the highway. Uh, there's... A bad wreck where a like a semi truck hit a cow. Yeah. 
And as they kind of make their way around it, it's full red asphalt. Like it is chunks of cat. Like that cow exploded across the front of that truck. Oh yeah. And you see it on the front of the truck, like the headlights broken off. There's like guts all in the grill of it. And then mm-hmm. as they drive past it, there was the driver just sitting there with that sign that says eat more chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that the driver just had a shovel and was shoveling cow guts onto the side of the Off road. To just the side of the road. That's good cow, man. You just don't want that cow away. <laughs> a, there was a part of me that was like, butcher it, asshole. But then there was another part of me that was like, why is that the trucker's job? <laughs> like, shouldn't this be animal control? Yeah. I also had that thought. I'm like, whose job is it? The cow owners? Probably. I actually don't know whose job it would be. I mean, I know in like Nashville, there are crews that clean up road roadkill and stuff like that's their job. They go out and do that stuff. But like for a rural town like that, I don't know if it's like the sheriff that does it or I don't know. I don't know. I bet the sheriff got there and he was like, I got a shovel in my trunk, but you hit it. You got to move it. You couldn't <laughs> shovel it all, though. It's a thousand pound cow. Oh, I mean, once you get the guts over there, you, you do have to like get a team of like eight dudes to drag the rest off the road right you got to get a chainsaw and get those ribs prepped yes if i learned anything from sebastian stan that's good you got to chainsaw it up yeah mm-hmm, get the mm-hmm. brisket you gotta eat that cow's ass yeah <laughs> the rump roast Mikey. the place where the aliens core out their bodies when they leave them dead just me just me listening to weird podcasts cool no i listen to them as well podcasts what the fuck's a podcast it's a dying medium mikey (laughs) you wouldn't care so (laughs) i'm too cool to care oh man i think you think it comes across that way I have no idea how it comes No, I honestly do feel like it's genuine for you. Like People are like, are you listening to podcasts? I'm like, I'm listening to audiobooks because I'm a man of culture unlike you, swine. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I've only successfully listened to one audiobook. I don't know why. I just, I can't get into it, which is crazy because I do this. But I, I just really like reading and, yeah. and so I still read. But the one audiobook I, I listened to was Clanlands by the <laughs> Sam Hewen and yeah. um, what? fuck, what's the other guy's name? Purely for the accent because they read it and I'm like, I'll listen to him talk all day. That is like ear porn for you, Paige. Yeah, thank you, Audible for giving it to me for free. <laughs> <laughs> That's an ad right there. Yeah. They're not paying us for it i'll send them a bill do you guys want to listen to some ear porn go to audible see this goes back to like my shark tank pitch is to just have dudes with hot accents read audiobooks of romance novels like that's all i want i mean that already exists no it doesn't most most like trashy romance novels don't have an audiobook he peeled back her flower petals gently (laughs) and pushed his piston in very very slowly I don't know why a bunch of audiobooks have like old ladies reading them, which is fine, I guess. I want like Henry Cavill reading them. Like, I mean, I'm sure Henry Cavill's too expensive, but like someday. I'm trying to think of my sexiest accents to do for your for your audio porn. No. I did love that Mikey's sexiest accent was Confederate Ouija board general. <laughs> it's a me, a throbbing member. <laughs> yeah. It's a me, your lover. <laughs> <laughs> I like to stick my penis in your vagina. <laughs> Mikey's like Fazoli's quote unquote Italian accent is my favorite. I'm going to put my spicy meatballs in your mouth. I saw Fazoli's <laughs> for the first time in Kansas City. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. And you guys had to inform me that it was drive through Italian food. It and is. I was like, yeah. Huh? And it's as good as that sounds, which is not good. Anyway, they get to the farm and they start kind of unpacking stuff. Um, but Wayne has to go talk to the guy who rented them of the property 
so that they can fully unload. Yeah. And he is not happy with them. He kind of has forgotten that he rented the property out, allegedly. I don't know how much of this is an act or not. And he's very specific about where they can and can't go. He doesn't want them near the house where his wife is. He wants them out of the back building, keeping to themselves and keeping quiet. Yeah. And he doesn't like the look of them the whole time. So as they unpack the van, Maxine looks up and she sees someone in the top window of the house. It's Pearl. We don't we haven't met her yet. Uh, but Maxine walks away to join the others. They unpack at the back house and the old man is like immediately like, I don't like the looks of y'all. I love when Paige does old timey voice. It makes me happy. <laughs> I like your old timey voice because it just sounds like I have a punctured lung. Yeah, my old timey voice is just Deckard Kane from Diablo. Like, stay a while and listen. Like, that's my that's my <laughs> old man voice. You have the prospector with the prospector voice. Yeah. <laughs> There's gold in them hills. My sister uh, for a while was a, a voice, I and mean, she still does voice acting from time to time, but one of the ones she got back in college was on a show called Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. And but she played an old old man, but it was just like what a nice young person, a whippersnapper coming to say hi to me. And it was essentially the old man from SpongeBob, the what a nice box of cereal. (laughs) Anyway, this old man is like, I don't like your promiscuous ways. Yes, I'm from the South. I'm aware of how they are. Yeah, exactly. Kid Cuddy's like, I hey, by the way, I was a Marine, I was a veteran, so like I'm cool right you served i served we cool and the farmer's just like that don't mean shit to me i'm old and racist yeah you know but wayne is like hey (laughs) you asked for 30 bucks i brought a hundred dollars and he's like well i guess i'm not that racist and he just like takes a hundred (laughs) dollars and leaves i mean that actually did check out for me he was surprisingly not as racist as i thought he was going to be well i think because he knew he was gonna kill him yeah and also the vet kid cuddy's character is like super nice like he sees the old man like in the middle of the night walking towards their place with a shotgun and he literally opens the door and is like hey man can i help you with something like that is not something i would do (laughs) no well and in in this scene he actually makes a comment about i've had my fair share of of guns pointed at me from farmers which is a foreshadowing of his death yeah later on yeah have y'all ever had a shotgun pointed at you from a farmer not from a farmer but from just a guy in a house next to the house we were toilet papering i thought i told this on this episode you did yeah i don't think i have Todd, you never were cool. Paige and I have had shotguns pointed at us. I've had a pistol pointed at me, but I don't think it was loaded. I mean, they told me it wasn't loaded after, like, the quote-unquote joke was over. Like, whatever. Oh, I would murder someone who joked at me like that. I was pretty pissed and did not talk to that person much after that. Yeah, I don't blame you. Anyway, this is also the scene where Wayne talks about how this movie's gonna make people's eyeballs pop out of their heads, which is a foreshadowing to his death later on as well. Yeah, because he gets his pitchforked out right yeah okay let's talk about let's let's talk about their pornography first off because they're talking about making a good one yeah comparing it to debbie does dallas oh no 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 uh is it debbie does dallas yeah it is no debbie does dallas i thought that wasn't out yet debbie does dallas came out in 78 okay so it is debbie does dallas yeah i i just had to check and then as i was typing it in i was like wait which computer am i on and then it is the podcast computer so it's fine it doesn't matter either one they're like we're gonna make a we're gonna do something 
no one's done before and it's gonna be high quality and artsy and they're like the farmer's daughter and i was like i think that's a trope like i'm pretty sure like that's been done a lot before your pornography there's an actual adult film called the farmer's daughters from 1976 which is infamous because it stars a future acclaimed mainstream writer and actor named Spalding Gray. Really? Yes. Okay. I think the implication would be that that's what Maxine would go on to, is to to do something more mainstream. Although, this has a very Showgirls ending, so. Okay. Have you never seen Showgirls? I don't remember how it ended. For some reason, I only concentrated on a few parts of that film. Mikey's always asleep by the time it ends. It's a classic. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, so, in Showgirls, uh, they find out that she has, has led a rough and tumble life and has been arrested before in a number of things and snags her suitcase from the guy who tried to steal at the beginning of the movie and then drives away off to commit more crimes. Fair enough. The chick from Saved by the Bell? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think at the end of this movie, she goes to the authorities because they, they come. Maybe, because they do come and nobody would have called them. That makes right. sense. Anyway, it's at this point that Church Mouse is like, hey, he doesn't know what we're doing, does he? And they're like, no. Yeah, and don't tell him, please. Yeah, they start filming and we get this first scene between Brittany Snow and Kid Cudi. And while they're filming that, Maxine goes out in the outfit that will be infamous in this movie the overalls i would bet money we will see this at halloween yeah oh i'm sure oh, i hope yeah. we do i <laughs> hope we do see this outfit on halloween i have a thing for overalls and i had it before this movie and i think it's because overalls like this are just overalls in general on women I think that was a given, Mikey. I think she means, like, do you have a thing for just overalls or do you have a thing for, like, overalls with shorts and nothing on else other than that? Yeah, like, do, is, is this a thing of, like, overalls worn in a deliberately sexy way or just overalls in general? Deliberately sexy way. Okay. Because let me tell you, let me tell you about my freshman year typing class in high school. Tell me everything. How much word muncher did you play? <laughs> we played typing zombie game or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it called? The Typing of the Dead or whatever. Something, yeah. Anyway, this older girl, I think she was a junior. She sat next to me. And what was her name, Mikey? I have no idea what her name was. Damn it. I wanted to reach out to her and see if she wanted to be interviewed for the podcast. Let's call her Bloveralls. <laughs> and like, I don't know if she was flirting with me. I mean, at the time, I was just, you know, who the fuck? No, I was just a kid, you know, like, yeah, so like. She was very nice to me, and she always wore these overalls. And since then, it's just been a thing because she would wear very tiny shirts underneath the overalls, and like she would, all, we'd always be like talking and laughing and stuff. And I don't know, I was just had a huge crush on her. And like ever since then, overalls is good. Mm -hmm. I have a very similar story, Mikey. Except yeah. she was in my same grade. We had algebra two together, and I sat behind her in class. Her name was Amber. But no, I mean, we didn't date or anything. I was too nervous to ask anybody out at that point in my life. I did not feel comfortable dating until I was 30. So I get it. Yeah. I had no idea overalls were so sexual for you people. I am being very vulnerable here to say that I have a thing, I have a thing for them. Interesting. <gasps> that later in my adult life, I had that fantasy. It happened to me, the overalls. Dear penthouse... I never thought it would happen to me. Dear Penthouse, I never thought a person would like me and then also wear clothing I liked because I talked about it once. <laughs> and it was very nice. Did that person just wear, wear overalls like a normal person or did they wear them with nothing underneath? They wore them like a normal person for the date. And then that changed okay. back at Sean's couch. Okay. <laughs> I own a good many overalls. Keep those away from me, Paige. You're a married woman. <laughs> I, hey, I wore them because I was gardening and 
and then uh-huh. I was like, this is only one piece of clothing that I have to wear. Yeah, yeah, trim, not trim those hedges. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Garden yeah. forest page. Oh, God. Ooh. <laughs> Garden slow, baby. Tell Garden me more slow. about how you only want to wear one piece of clothing. I didn't think they were very cute as much as they were just functional. Um, Tell me more about how you have to take all your clothes off to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, hey, I've been living that romper jumpsuit life, and that's real. I will never understand rompers. And, like, girls love rompers for some reason. And they're like, don't I look sexy? And I'm like... Yes, because if someone asks you that, you always say yes. But I mean, like, rompers seem like a weird, just like a weird clothing in general. You do look sexy, but you also look like you're in the future and everyone is just like given up on fashion. And they're like, OK, we're going to go with the jumpsuit from now on. You know what I'm saying? Like, you sort of look like that. Yeah, you definitely look like you have to use the three seashells to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I wore a jumpsuit to the uh, show. The live show. Yeah. And people lost their minds about it. They loved that. And I I was talking to someone in the audience and had to pee really bad and i said to that person i was like uh excuse me i just have to go get fully naked in the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> but you look fabulous so like it's the cost of fashion Thank Paige. You. yeah it is the cost of fashion but if i were to wear overalls with no top there is not an overall in in the world that would cover enough of anything for me to just walk around like that <laughs> I do think you might get arrested. They must have like taped it in place or something because she's showing side boob, but that's it. Like just side boob. Mm -hmm. And for me, it would be like three quarters of boob on either side. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Don't ever (laughs) do that. I guess. Yeah. I won't. I hope if Halloween runs around, no one else does that either. That would be horrible or whatever. Did you ever? Yeah. Uh, It'd be cold. Oh, even better. (laughs) Or not. Who knows? It's global warming. That is true. Yeah. (laughs) You heard Mikey. Put those titties out for the environment. Yeah. Slap them on the glass for the global warming cause. Whose side are you on? Wow, Paige hates the earth. (laughs) (laughs) I think if you don't do this, you just hate the earth and don't want to live here anymore. And I don't like that. Okay, if you're going to make having... A substantial side titty pro environment that yeah. I'm going to say you have to dangle your balls out of your shorts Fisher Stevens style to help our water crisis. I mean, I live in Nashville. We have a lot of water. You guys are fucked out West. So I want to see all you uh, West Coast boys <laughs> dropping brain or whatever you'd call that. Hanging brain. Hanging brain, baby. Oh, man. Anyway, she walks in her overalls to the pond yeah uh uh-huh. where yeah. she decides to go skinny dipping yeah. oh gross you know for the environment guys it's for the environment for the cause right. um so we cut back to the house they have finished shooting that scene um and we see britney snow wipe come off her back yes. and then toss the towel at church mouse which is so like, oh, sorry that she had to wipe it off herself <laughs> well, that's because Kid Cuddy is already basking in his greatness in the window. Like, he's over there just, like, fully naked in front of an open window. This is kind of an X-rated topic here. But if I was ever in a situation where I was like, wipe it off yourself, I'm pretty sure that that person would be probably upset. Off off your back. Yeah, I get that because it's hard to reach. I don't know. You have to be very careful about how you throw a towel at someone. I mean, like, <laughs> it all can go very south very quickly. I'm just picturing Mikey, like, going... 
Now clean yourself up and like throwing a <laughs> towel from across the room. Mm-hmm. But I know you would never do that. It's Get just your overalls and leave. <laughs> I, I feel like ideally there would be some discussion about where things could go and who could clean them up when that happens. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't want to just leave it on someone's back if they're not expecting that. Or you don't want to leave it anywhere right. someone isn't expecting. Let's just say it that way. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> it should always be expected. Yeah. I'm just saying you have to be very gentle about that because people can eat easily feel degraded in those types of situations if you're not communicating comfortably yeah but some people are into it yeah and i don't think she is i I think this is a norm for them and she was just wanted to roll over under her back and didn't want to stick to the sheets yeah i think that makes sense yeah but i do like church mouse's reaction because i i don't think britney snow meant to throw it next to her she just meant to throw it on the ground and it literally like lands right next to her and she looks up like gross yeah but britney does apologize she's like my bad she does so we intercut between this scene of them kind of after glowing and her telling kid cuddy that he's good but not that good and he's like well you're not that good of an actor and she pretends to have an orgasm and she just says bless your heart <laughs> like you thought you thought but i'm a really good actress if you've ever been to the south and someone said bless your heart to you what they meant was you're stupid Indeed. Yeah. And we we intercut it with Maxine's skinny dipping. And it is that really high angle shot. Yeah. Which is very cool looking. It is very cool. And man, that gator and her swimming towards the dock. And it's so high up. It looks really slow. It's just so cool. It's just such a well done shot. But it does build the tension. Are there gators in Texas? I'm sure there are. Yeah, absolutely. Hardcore. They serve gator in Texas. The one time I got to eat gator was in Texas. Yeah. East Texas is basically a swamp. But I thought this shot was super cool. And man, when she like pauses before she jumps out of the water because she doesn't realize she's being chased by a gator. I was like, fuck, you got to get out of the water now. It was so crazy. I would not have been expecting it in a pond in Texas. They could be anywhere that there's water. Yeah. Now that I have Googled it, I will be more concerned next time I go to Texas. All right. I also don't swim in ponds as a rule. Yeah. When you see her put her foot in that water, I was like, ugh, I wouldn't even dip my toe in that shit. No, ponds really gross me out. It feels dirty. I'd follow those overalls anywhere. Just like that gator, Mikey. Uh Uh-huh. Just wiggling my ass, going real slow right at Sir Chomps a lot. <laughs> Sir, Sir Chomps a lot, just trying to like, hey, uh, how you doing, baby? What you doing in my walrus? Got some nice raviolis in those overalls. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those overalls, man. <laughs> so she avoids the gator, and we cut back to them shooting like additional scenes from the movie where like Britney Snow's answering the door and Kid Cudi's like my van broke down can I use your phone and she's like we don't have a phone we have to wait till my daddy gets home yeah but we can wait together (laughs) this whole nonsense it's porn like it's bad acted porn yeah we don't have pizza we'll have to wait till my daddy gets home and my stepbrother to have the pizza like that kind of (laughs) yes we're aware how pornography works I hope we got extra sausage (laughs) well I wasn't (laughs) sure pretty sure sure. Mikey and I know about it yeah 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 we can we can move on I don't believe you've had impure thoughts like that oh not me man (laughs) when I watched that scene I said I hope she wasn't 
upset that they made her wipe her sell her own back. I feel like her feelings were hurt. That's what I think about. <laughs> like Mikey is the sensitive one, ladies. Yeah. Anyway, Maxine walks back from the pond, and as she kind of passes the main house, she sees an old woman beckoning her from the porch. Yeah. So she follows her. And at first, the house seems empty, and she's looking at photos on the walls. And in those photos, if you look closely, you can kind of see that it is the same actress in the photos. Oh, yeah. totally missed that. In the, like dancing costumes and things so these photos have pictures of pearl when she was younger and she talks in the scene about like i used to be a dancer i used to be a performer i was special and so she sits her down for lemonade in the kitchen and they have kind of a weird almost like a standoff where they're not really speaking they're just kind of sitting in this very awkward silence um so maxine quickly drinks her lemonade they hear pearl's husband coming up the walkway And she tells Maxine that she needs to go. Yeah. But before she does, she points out a picture of her and her husband. And she says, I was young once, too. This is right before the first war. And there was nothing he wouldn't do for me. I was a dancer. You should have seen me move. And she reaches out to touch Maxine. And Maxine is like, what are you doing? I think she actually does touch Maxine on the side. She does. Yeah. Yeah. Like on her side boob. Yeah. And so Maxine goes to leave the house because the husband's coming and Pearl says, it'll be our little secret. And Maxine says, what will? (laughs) And then leaves. I do love that because it just seems like a creepy interaction where like, yes, someone like wants to have something like a memory with you that did not mean to you what it meant to them. And and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad we shared this. And you're like, what? Shared what? I made you a painting. It's sexual and violent. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> it was a gift, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this person probably just needed therapy because, you know, people get older. And while you may be a dancer or a performer, like, you know, yeah. there's, your career has peaks and valleys and retirement and, you know. Well, and, and also... Her husband implies, and I don't know that we see a ton of evidence for this in this movie, but he implies that she gets confused after dark, which would suggest like an Alzheimer's or a dementia or any number of disorders that cause sundowning. That's what I thought at first, but then I think he was lying. I think he was lying too. I guess we don't really know, but the end result is the same either way, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Anyway, Maxine runs back to the back house and runs right into Wayne, and he's like, we're going to lose the light. Hurry up. So she goes to the bathroom, does some coke, and then into the mirror says, I will not accept a life I do not deserve. And then fixes her hair and gets ready to film her scene. You know how preacher's daughters be, you know, doing coke and stealing their daddy's lines. Not of that coke. They do. But yeah. You mean like when they come over to your apartment in college and get blackout drunk and you guys make out. But then now you argue about abortion on Instagram. Just me. Oh, no. Did that I happen? Did. No. <laughs> I don't believe you. I just made that up. I've seen their boobs. My favorite is the preacher's daughter in Ma that would just constantly pretend that she was unconscious. <laughs> anyway, so we cut back to the main house where Howard, the husband, comes home and he sees the two lemonade glasses out. So he knows. We cut back to the back house. He knows. Yeah. We cut to the back house where Maxine has fixed her hair and makeup. She kisses Wayne and she says, let's go to work. They go out to the stable and I love that they pour a paper gallon of milk into the bucket. Yeah. Because there's like there's a cat 
cow there, but they were they didn't milk the cow. They just poured store milk. They never touched that cow. No cows were harmed in the making of this film. That's true. On the side of the carton, it has the missing photo for the guy who we will find out is in the basement. Okay. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah. So they make it look like she's milking a cow, but she's just sitting there and they do this whole like I'm looking for the owner. Well, you must have talked to my sister. She didn't mention me. She's always been jealous that I'm younger and I get all the attention. And it's just very like <laughs> sexy milkmaid. It's very porn dialogue. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, I could give you a ride. And that she does. Yeah, she absolutely does give him a ride. Yep. We cut to the main house where Pearl is in her bedroom with a bunch of terrifying dolls and she's brushing her hair and putting on makeup. And we cut back to the film set and we reveal that while they're filming the sex scene with Maxine and Jackson, that Pearl is watching through the window. Yeah. So, okay, at this point in the film, because I had no idea what was about to happen, I thought they had like a kid who was like a psychopath murderer. Oh, no. The older couple. Interesting. And also it was dark, so I didn't realize that was the woman watching. I noticed it, Mikey, because Maxine looks over her shoulder and you see the woman and then the woman becomes Maxine in that scene. Like, yes, Maxine is the one who's writing uh, Kid Cuddy at that point, right? So it's like right. she's visualizing herself being Maxine in that moment, but we see her as the old Pearl sort of yeah. playing that out. Okay, gotcha, yeah. Yeah, but the fact that Maxine just like locks eyes with Pearl like looking through the window at them and does not freak out. I don't think she sees her. Oh, okay. But I think okay. Pearl thinks she does. Okay, that's does that fair. that make sense? I mean, I, honestly, they're shooting porn. There are other people watching too, so it may not bother her at all, you know? Yeah, I, I think in my mind it was her looking over her shoulder toward the camera because we will find out the camera's at that angle too. Yeah, okay. That could be too, Paige, yeah. Yeah, in my mind it was Pearl projecting that she was looking at her okay but it is from a visual standpoint it does depict that kind of transference in a way yeah okay so pearl comes home to the main house and she approaches howard and she's kind of dressed up she tries to look pretty and howard is like hey we talked about this i can't my heart can't take it essentially like we can't have sex physically it could kill me yeah and she's clearly upset by that i would immediately die oh you mean if you had sex no, I, because he would have sex is why he would immediately die. Yeah, yeah. it would be very hard for me to yeah. have self-control based on my past. Oh, 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 I get what you're saying. <laughs> Even though it would cause you a heart attack, that would not stop you. And you'd be like, this was worth it. Oh, <laughs> yes. You died of a heart attack. Yeah. So we cut back to the back house. And this is where everyone is hanging out and eating those disgusting thick cut bologna sandwiches that are not fried. Oh. That are just <laughs> so gross on Wonder Bread of all breads. Ugh. But this is where they get into a, a pretty detailed discussion of, you know, the camera changes things. It's just acting and how they kind of separate sex from love within their group. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it's actually, I think, a really interesting conversation. It is. I think it's a very realistic conversation, but like porn stars probably yeah. have. I mean, porn stars have like yeah. real relationships, too, outside of like what they do on camera. And like, yeah, it's probably not with the people they do it with on camera, you know? So like that's a real like relationship 
relationship issue they would have to navigate. Yeah, and it is kind of a really interesting scene just in the middle of this movie. Yeah. And what we find out is that Lorraine, church mouse, who's been watching them all day, is now kind of intrigued and she wants to be in the movie. Yeah. But RJ, her boyfriend, is like, no, I won't allow it, which is wild to me. Yeah, that is wild. It is wild to me because he just spent this whole time with her being like, yeah, don't be a prude. Right. <laughs> and then the second she wants to do it, he's like, gross. You, I thought you were a nice girl. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been like, Ugh. hey, time out. Can we talk outside for a minute? And I'd be like, I don't. Well, that's what Wayne does. No, I would not want to talk to Wayne. I would want to talk to the girl I'm dating and not, not be judgy about it. But I've been like, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. I think I would have given his argument more credence if he hadn't made fun of her for being a prude earlier. Yeah. Well, and then he's in there like, no, I'm not going to allow you to do it. I wouldn't talk like that. I've just been like, you can choose to do that. But there are definitely consequences to our relationship if that is the choice you make. Yeah. Sure. I just think it's a real hip. It's some real hypocritical bullshit for him to join in in the fun of mocking her when it oh, seems no, no, like no. she's a yeah, prude 100%. and then to turn around and be like if you act differently that the thing that i made fun of you for there are consequences not not defending that not arguing that at all i'm just saying if it was me one i wouldn't have made fun of her because i'm a nice dude right but two i would have been like hi can we we need to talk outside wayne i you're not involved in this relationship so you're not invited to this conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. shut up wayne yeah well <laughs> and and that's definitely I mean, that's something you would definitely have to talk through in your relationship before it happened. And hey, some people can't hang. I like that. that that's going to be a problem trust wise for them to each relationship their own. I totally get that, though. I think it would be hard for me to be OK with that. Yeah. But if she was going to eat him on camera, I think I'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it depends on the sauce. Oh, Anyway, <laughs> he loses this argument and she's going to do it. Oh, he absolutely does. Yeah, he does. And and I do uh, there's a, a line in this because he does end up going outside to talk to Wayne and he says this thing of like, she's not like them. She's a nice girl. And Wayne kind of was like, I'm going to stop you right there. Like, how dare you? And for a hot second, I was like, that'd be kind of nice if Wayne defended all of them of like, hey, this is they each get to choose. This is not there's not a judgment call here. Yeah. Like this is, you know, just her choice. Uh, but instead, Wayne just goes none of them are nice girls and i was like oh like, <laughs> he does the opposite of what you want him to do yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah all women are terrible i can't believe i have to be the one to explain this to you i was like oh wayne i do like that he at one point gives tips like relationship tips to him where he's oh his like, two rules to dating a younger woman yeah, two rules yeah never let a good woman out of your sight and never bring up her weight and i was like honestly wayne yeah <laughs> like those are pretty decent rules Paige, Wayne did not get where he got in life by being dumb yeah that's true I'd like to argue that <laughs> Wayne was killed in a farmhouse in the middle of Texas that is true yeah, because he walked out there in his underwear with no shoes yeah, yeah. he is pretty dumb you're right it reminded me of is it uh is it ready or not where she falls in in the like like cellar of the barn and has to climb up and has that hole in her hand yes oh yeah anyway so she does do the sex scene although we don't see it it is not shown on camera uh but we cut to later that evening everyone's asleep except rj who's crying in the shower so he gets out he grabs the keys he takes off in the van and gets to the front gate and the whole time he's like i'm gonna show them i'm gonna leave them here 
And as he's driving, Pearl is in his headlights and he has to stop before hitting her. And it's yeah. fucking terrifying. It is, it is really a jump scary. scare. Yeah. It is pretty freaky. It scared the shit out of me, honestly. Well, and he tries to help her and he's like trying to get her to get out of the road. And she's not really responding. And then she just out of nowhere fucking stabs him but before all that she like gets up in his like neck and like nuzzles him like like a cat sort of yeah like a cat but she is like longing that like sort of human connection that she can't get from her husband and he is of course sort of grossed out by it because he a doesn't know her and also she's like super old right and he's not into it and that's fine and then he's like get away from me and then she's like oh you don't want this then i'm gonna murder you and she stabs him in the neck like i don't know 95 times like when she's on top of him stabbing (laughs) him it's so just so brutal and gross oh her whole demeanor changes as she's stabbing him it's almost like she's gaining like mikey suggested in the beginning of the movie she's gaining sexual release from Uh, killing him yes like there is definitely a sexual component to it for her yeah and then she gets up covered in his blood now after she stabbed him, the blood has splattered on the van lights so that the whole lighting of the scene is red. Yeah. Which is actually pretty cool. And they're also playing Fear the Reaper, which I thought was great. Oh, yeah. Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So she gets up and starts dancing to some routine that we have not seen that is clearly like in her brain as he, he basically bleeds to death in the moonlight. Yeah. So... Back in the back house, Lorraine wakes up and notices that RJ is gone. So she starts kind of looking for him through the house. She doesn't see him. She goes outside. Wayne sees her and he's like, what are you doing outside? And she's like, I can't find RJ. And he says, well, the van's still here because he can see it from where they are. Yeah. So he's like, he didn't ditch us. He probably just went for a walk to cool off because, you know, that was a heated conversation you two had. So, you know, he may just want to cool off. Yeah. Um, but she asks if he'll help her find RJ. So they split up. Wayne goes to the barn. She goes kind of over near the house. She starts kind of looking near the van and she doesn't quite get to his body when Howard interrupts her, the old man. And he says, hey, I haven't seen my wife. And she gets confused after dark. Will you help me look for her? And she's like, well, I haven't seen my boyfriend. Let's both look for both of them. Do you think they're hooking up? <laughs> they were. <laughs> but like, she murdered him for it, you know? Yeah. Anyway, we cut to Wayne out in the barn. And this is where he gives his like, he's calling out as if he thinks RJ's in the barn. And he's like, never let a good woman out of your sight and never mention her weight and then he steps on a nail and i do like that he pulls it out tons of blood and he's just like god damn i'm gonna catch tetanus from this shit (laughs) (laughs) and the line delivery on it is bonkers yeah i thought it was crazy that he was walking around and just like the tidiest tidy whities ever like he didn't think to go put clothes on to go search for rj at least flip-flop Well, and it's texas they got snakes and shit they got gators baby like i would not do any of that shit like texas is not known for gators i think mikey you learned that they are but i do love that when he steps on that nail and pulls it out he's like rj if you're in here you better help me like he's like still yelling for rj in the barn i loved it well and as he's yelling he sees at the other end of the barn there's light coming through a few holes in the back barn door yeah so he goes to look through them and we intercut between church mouse in the front house with howard he puts her in the cellar and is like hey can you go grab the other light it's down by the tool shed or tool Uh, bench yeah and as she goes to turn on the light of the cellar we see wayne looking through those holes in the barn and he gets a pitchfork through the eyes oh yeah yeah you could say that wayne is in pain (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> Looks like Wayne found a fail of hay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Lorraine goes down into the cellar. She finds the other flashlight only to find that she has been locked in the cellar. She runs back down the stairs. She turns on the light, revealing that there is a dead body in the cellar, basically chained to the wall. Yeah. At first, I thought it was RJ. And then when they reveal RJ is still outside, that's when I was like, oh, shit, yeah. there's other people or at least one other person that we did not know existed until right now. And I thought that was cool. Right. Yeah. So meanwhile, back at the house, Kid Cuddy gets up because he's heard rustling and talking and he looks around and he doesn't kind of see anybody. But as he gets up, he tells Brittany Snow to go back to bed. He goes to the door and this is where Howard has approached the back house with his gun and tells him that he's looking for his wife. Yeah. So he says, let me get my skivvies. I'll go help you find her. Because once a Marine, always a Marine. He's super nice. Yeah. He's super nice about it. Also, I thought this like scene was crazy because he's like naked at the fridge, which is fine. Like they're shooting a porn. Everyone's seen him naked. Like that. that's fine. But he sees a guy walking around in front of the house that they're staying in with a shotgun mm-hmm. and a flashlight. And he just walks to the door, butt ass naked, opens it and like offers help. Like it was crazy to me that he would do that. He doesn't know that guy. Like, what happens could definitely happen to him. Like, it's Texas. It's the 70s. Like, I don't know. I I thought it was wild. But I do think he feels sort of a kinship to the older guy because they were both Marines. At least I think that makes him want to help, you know? Right, right, right. So they go out to the swamp looking for Pearl. But meanwhile, Pearl is in the back house. Yeah. So she goes into Maxine's room. She gets naked. She crawls into bed with Maxine and she's touching her while Maxine sleeps and her hands are still covered in blood. Yeah, it gets blood all over Maxine. This scene actually legit drove me crazy because there's no way you'd sleep through that. Yeah, I well, the only thing I could potentially think is that Wayne would have been in her bed had he not already been killed at the barn. So maybe she thought it was Wayne, but I feel like that'd be, it'd feel completely different. It would smell different. Like, I feel like I would have woken up as well. Although I do feel like Wayne's the kind of guy that would come back to bed with sticky hands. So like maybe you're onto something there. So in the swamp, (laughs) Howard reveals that there's only one flashlight. And so Kid Cudi agrees to go without the flashlight and leave the flashlight with Howard. Yeah. We cut over to the cellar in the main house where Lorraine has found an axe and she's trying to chop her way through the cellar door. She can't get out. So she ends up starting to chop through the door that leads down into the cellar in from the house. Yeah, the door that he locked behind her. Right. Yeah. We cut back to the swamp and... Kid Cuddy has found a discarded flashlight, but also a car kind of poking into the swamp. And it's not one that they recognize. No. Uh, And that's when he runs back into Howard and he says, your lady's not in here. Like she's not in the swamp. And this is where Howard kind of lays out what's going on, where he says, I can't give her what she wants anymore. And you are just traipsing around enticing my wife like you're tempting her getting her all worked out yeah and he at this point kid cuddy's like oh he's crazy i need to like remove myself from the situation but before he can he shoots him just straight in the chest like 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 literally gun against the chest point blank yeah it's quick so i I just felt bad for him of course not that he should have died slow but i just meant like it was surprising 
Yeah, that probably would have been one of the quicker deaths, which I guess is a kindness, but still it's terrible. Well, yeah, I mean, it is a shotgun, so... Oh, but point blank, though. Like, yeah, he's probably immediately dead. Yeah. Back in the back house, Maxine rolls over and opens her eyes and realizes it's Pearl and understandably Uh, freaks the fuck out. Yeah, as you would. Absolutely. Yes. Because she's still covered in blood, too. Yeah, but it's also... Someone that you didn't expect to be in your bed, in your bed, touching you. Terrifying. Yeah. Scary regardless. Blood, only worse. Yes. Oh, yes. I was about to say, but blood factors into that that makes it worse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It absolutely does. You're right. Like, what's worse than a stranger in your bed touching you? A bloody stranger in your bed touching you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) So her screams wake up Brittany Snow, one room over, and Brittany Snow rushes out to the hallway to see what's going on, and naked Pearl just walks past her in the hallway. Yeah. And Maxine is just like, she was in my bed touching me. Meanwhile, Lorraine has now chopped through the door in the main house and is trying to get to the doorknob that's keeping her in the cellar. Which made me mad because I was like, why don't you chop closer to the doorknob? Oh my God, thank you, Mikey. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, there's two carve outs in this door and you picked the farther of the two. I mean, it looks better for the shot because she has to reach really far over. That's why they did that. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Howard comes home and uses the butt of his shotgun to break her hand against the door. Dude, and it looks like they're actually hitting her hand. Like, it, it is brutal. It, it does look yeah, I hated this part brutal. so much. Hand horror is not for me. It's mangled. Yeah. After, because you see it in a couple other shots, and she has compound fractures on at least two of her fingers. Yeah, it's like they're bent in weird angles, and yeah, it's terrible. I hated it. Oof. Yeah. Anyway, he says, stop screaming. No one's coming for you. And then he sits down in the living room and turns on that preacher on the TV. Yeah. Back in the back house, Maxine does a bump because I'm pretty sure that she's ready for violence at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is understandable. Yeah. Brittany still realizes that Kid Cudi hasn't come back. Neither is Wayne and neither has Lorraine or RJ. So she goes out kind of looking for people in the swamp. She sees Pearl on the dock standing naked and so she puts a blanket around her thinking that she's like an old woman who needs help. Like she explains her grandma had trouble you know and so she's used to it. She even thought about being a nurse because of it. Like I really thought that it was sweet of her to do this. I mean knowing what we already know you're like don't get away from her. What are you doing? This is a terrible idea but like it is sort of sweet. Right but in her mind she's just like it's a confused old lady she needs help you know. Yeah absolutely Uh, Pearl does not need help. She calls her a whore, cusses her out, and then pushes her into the pond where Brittany Snow is immediately eaten by multiple gators. And that Pearl just over her shoulder goes, bitch. And I kind of love it. (laughs) Yeah. So Howard joins his wife on on the dock. And he says, was that the one? And she goes, you know, I don't like blondes. And this is kind (laughs) of, we know they're both in on it. We know that they're looking for something specific and it's something for Maxine. Yeah. So Maxine now is like, am I the last one standing? And she is. So she hides under the bed as Howard and Pearl come in looking through the house for everyone else. And they're listing off who they've killed. They're like, we've got four down. There's one back at the house. And this is where they sit on Maxine's bed and they start this conversation of like, tell me I'm special. Tell me I'm beautiful. You'll always be beautiful to me. Yeah. And it is, it does, 
in a way start out very sweet even though they're murderers yeah in a different context it's sort of a very sweet conversation of a husband like comforting his wife and saying that I still find you very attractive I love you all that stuff right right but they have just murdered a bunch of people so it doesn't play that way in this moment right <laughs> and the camera angle shifts up as they decide to have sex even though it could kill him yeah. which is like the hottest sex oh yeah the possibly I'm gonna die during sex and my body will crush you over the next six hours because you're not strong enough to like push me off yeah that's that's every sex with me ladies <laughs> oh no <laughs> Mikey's the best weighted blanket ladies <laughs> But what what we do see in this sex scene is because we know Maxine's under the bed. We see her kind of shifting under the bed to crawl out and get out of the room, uh, which is actually like for as much as I didn't love the way the sex scene was shot and kind of played in this movie. I do love watching her navigate under the bed. So it's kind of 50 50 for me where it's like there's parts of it. I like parts of it. I don't say I wish they went. I wish they went dirtier. I wish they like talked dirty about murdering people during the sex. And I like really got into their like process. Yeah. I don't, well, I guess I'll be interested to see the prequel and see if that is part of their process. Like, are they process killers or are they product killers? Like, what is right. it? What's their whole MO? Like, do they use yeah. the bodies afterwards is the question, right? I think the basement would suggest they do. Well, with her dancing, like, she, like, orgasm from murdering. Yeah. I, I agree, too. That basement did show that. Yeah. So Maxine crawls out of the room. She takes off running towards the van. She finds RJ's body, which they've just left, like... The van lights are still on, illuminated, destroyed body in the street. And she reaches into the van, grabs the gun in the glove compartment because she knows it's there from earlier in the movie. Yeah. But we already know that gun's not loaded because earlier in the movie. Yeah, they had that conversation. This isn't loaded. Oh, mine's not either. Yeah. Uh, We hear screams from inside the house and she goes inside. She lets Lorraine out and Lorraine freaks out. She's like, I'm done letting you people help me do anything. Like, I'm fucking out. And so she takes off running for the porch and a gunshot clips her right as she gets outside. It's such a cool shot. It is. It just lays her out on that porch. Just back on her ass. It's so crazy. It's so nuts. And so Maxine hides in the house as Pearl and Howard try to drag the body inside because they're they're like, well, if she's in the house, it's self-defense. And we don't think anybody's going to come looking, but just in case we have to make sure. And so as they pull her in, we see a shot of Lorraine's face and her face is basically partially blown off. Like, Mm -hmm. if she's not dead right now, she's about to be very dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Porn blew her mind. (laughs) (laughs) And she kind of coughs up some blood, which again, she could already be dead. It could be a reflex, like, you know. Uh, But it startles Howard so much that he has a heart attack and is actively dying. So Maxine takes this as an opportunity to advance on Pearl with the gun. And Pearl is like, help, he's having a heart attack. And Maxine's like, I don't care. (laughs) She literally says that. I love that. She was like, I don't give a fuck. I need out of here. And she like tries to shoot Pearl, but there's no bullets in the gun. There's no bullets in the gun. Yeah. Uh, So Pearl angles the shotgun to try and shoot her, but doesn't account for the recoil. The shotgun glances to the right. It ricochets off a mirror and hits Pearl along with the recoil, knocking her back onto the porch. Dude, Pearl goes like, it's like that shot in Django Unchained. Like she flies out of that front door. I was like, that is hilarious. Yes. So Maxine grabs the keys to the truck. Yeah. And she walks out 
where Pearl is dying on the ground. She's like, oh, I broke my hip. <laughs> my hip. She leans down to her and she just says, shh. Yeah. And as she walks towards the truck, Pearl yells, whore, after her. So Maxine gets in the truck, backs over Pearl's head, and then drives back over it and just says, it'll be our little secret and then drives away yeah it's such a brutal kill like the squish of the head when they show it it's so oh i hated it so much it's rough and they do kind of compare the um the preacher inside who's talking about divine intervention and maxine who that ricochet saves her yeah basically and so she's like divine intervention praise the fucking lord and then drives off into the sunset after doing a bump off her hand yep we cut back into the house where we see the preacher on TV and we reveal that Maxine is his daughter. We cut to the next morning where the cops are outside and they say, well, what do you reckon happened? How the hell should I know? <laughs> Which I think is a great response. Yeah. I honestly would have probably ended the movie at that. Yeah, that's what I would have done. How the hell should I know? Um, but instead, one of them finds a camera and he's like, what do you think's on it? By the looks of everything, one goddamn fucked up horror picture. <laughs> Which <laughs> I think that's a cool ending. Too. Is a callback to it's a pretty cool ending, too, because it's a callback to earlier in the movie when RJ is like, I'm not making a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the movie. So having seen the movie and we talked about the movie, what do you guys think about X? I liked it. I still really like it. I think Todd hated it and he's scared to talk openly about how much he hated it to us. No, I mean, I was very open that I didn't like it. Yeah, even when I watched it, I was like, Todd's not going to like this, but I do think this is a good movie. <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> that's fine. Podcast, you don't like though, horror like, movies. That's yeah, the whole yeah, point. Like, that's the whole point. Like, I think if you like horror movies, this is one you should see. I just don't like okay. them because they scare me. And this scared me. Like, I was actually really yeah. shocked at how much the body horror affected me in this movie. In, in the theater, it was really intense. It's real brutal just watching at my house. I would also say if you're someone who maybe has not enjoyed Ty West movies in the past, this is one to try. I mean, of the two, sort of two and a half, if you include his contribution to uh, VHS, right. this is my favorite of the two and a half that we've watched. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm yeah. happy with it. I hope he keeps growing as a filmmaker and keeps going in this direction. I don't know. This seemed way more purposeful than I think anything he's made before and yes. like thought out. Yeah, I agree. Well, and, and I think that's what has frustrated me about some of his previous films is there's always like a, a, a grain of something that could be cool and it's just not fleshed out enough or it's not given enough depth. And I think this one, it really kind of is and it's given the like true camera work it deserves. Like yeah. if ever Every Ty West movie after this was like this. I'm in. Like, yeah. I, I will for, forgive everything I said. But so far, this is the only one I've seen like this. So okay. So Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do have some. Well, hit us with your fun facts. X-rated fun, fun facts. facts. Uh, so the title of the movie refers to the X rating used by the MPAA from 1968 to 1990, uh, which meant that a film was only suitable for an audience aged 16 or older. Um, eventually, this becomes NC-17. It gets broken up into like rated R and NC-17. Sure, yeah. Which, to be honest, this movie is rated R, and I am kind of shocked. Now, like, I think I've yelled before on this show about how the rating system is bullshit anyway. You have, but it's worth mentioning. Yeah, it's worth mentioning that the amount of nudity, swearing, and gore in this movie 
should technically qualify it for NC-17. I would have absolutely still seen it if it was. Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't care about ratings. But just it tells you the difference when a major production company or a distributor is involved. Like mm-hmm. if this movie did not have the backing of A24, I feel like it's almost impossible that it would have gotten an R rating. I think it would have absolutely been NC-17 or unrated. Yeah. But anyway, and here's the thing. An X rating is not the end of the world. There are a lot of very, very famous movies that were originally rated X that are, I guess, now considered rated R or now considered NC-17, like Clockwork Orange, uh, Last Tango in Paris, uh, Midnight Cowboy, Fritz the Cat. A lot of those movies were originally X. And then when the rating system changed, then... It, it changed. Now, the weird thing about an X rating is becomes it becomes associated with porn and it becomes kind of a, a a mark on a lot of those films where they can't get shown because theaters that didn't show porn wouldn't show anything with an X rating. And in 1990, they discontinue the X rating and replace it to NC-17. But NC-17 is trademarked and couldn't be self-applied. So you had to go through the MPAA process to get NC-17. Okay. So that's still a barrier to having your movie shown in theaters. Uh, But it also meant that films that did not go through the MPAA could still apply X if they wanted to. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. Interesting. So this is the second time the actress Mia Mia Goth has appeared in a movie really centered around sex. Uh, Previously, she was in Nymphomaniac Volume 2, which, by the way, if you have not watched Nymphomaniac Volumes 1 and 2, never has a movie about sex included so many lectures on fishing. I swear to God. (laughs) Have you not seen it? No. Like, you wouldn't think that they could make a movie about sex boring, but they did. They succeeded. It's very boring. Yeah. Well, congratulations, I guess. Sure. Uh, Anyway, some slightly spoilery fun facts. We talked about the deaths being foreshadowed, uh, but we also haven't talked a ton about how Mia Goth is playing both Maxine and Pearl, both in the old makeup, but also if you did see the post-credit scenes as young Pearl as well. And she will reprise the role in the prequel. Yeah. The day after the South by Southwest premiere, Ty West revealed that he had written that prequel and that it would be coming out this next year. Now, in the movie, they reference Psycho. It's in that conversation where he says he doesn't make horror films. And Jackson discovers a partially submerged car in the pond a few hours later in movie time. And it is almost the exact same model as Marion Crane's car that gets dumped into the lake by Norman Bates. Okay. Which is kind of a fun callback. Yeah, that's cool. As they mentioned, the man in the basement is the man on the milk carton, but the film is set in 1979. And the first usage of milk cartons were for... Uh, missing persons in 1984 as part of a campaign run by the National Child Safety Council. So it was also only children, not adults. Yeah. The dance that she does after killing RJ is very similar to the one she did in Suspiria, the 2018 version. Oh, she was in Suspiria? It's meant to look like it. The Yeah, the newer version, not the older version. Yeah, yeah, we've done the older version. Okay. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen with my human eyes ever. It's Jala, <laughs> uh, but those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for your fun facts, Paige. Let's talk some box office. So I actually could not find the budget for this, but I'm sure it was pretty low budget. It's like a single location movie, more or less. To be honest, it's probably higher than you think because it's A24, unless they signed on only at distribution level. 
Yeah, which I don't have any information on, but I do know how much it made in the box office, so we can talk about that. So, the movie came out on uh, March 18th of this past year of 2022. Uh, it was number four the weekend it came out. It was beat by The Batman, Jujitsu Kaisen Zero, the movie. I don't know what that is, sorry. Uh, I probably butchered that name. Uh, Uncharted uh, was number three that week. X was number four, and Dog was number five. Did anyone see Uncharted? I want to. I think I'm going to see it this month it's still out i i enjoy the games but it it looked a little weird uh i was gonna catch uncharted when to hit hbo <laughs> yeah that's kind of what I, where i was at um yeah which hasn't happened yet it, you can like buy it for 20 dollars, like we did today but you can't rent it mm-hmm. anywhere so yeah so anyway x was four in the box office the weekend it came out how much do you think it made in its opening weekend Ooh, 10 million i'm gonna say 2 million okay so mikey you say 10 Page, you say two? I said two because we saw it not long after that because we saw it right after I got back from South by. Uh huh. And so we saw it maybe two, three weeks after it came out and it was nowhere. Like we had to find a theater to, to see it in Los Angeles. So I'm going to go two million and I might be wrong, but whatever. Okay. So it's actually $4.2 million that it made in its opening weekend. Okay. And it was actually in. 2,800 theaters, it's first weekend out. Now, Paige, you said you saw it in the third weekend out. By its third weekend, it was only in almost 1,800 theaters. So it was in less than 1,000 theaters two weeks after it opened. That sounds about right. And of course, because of that, you know, you make less when you're in less. And also when you're third week, you're going to make less than your first week. That's common stuff, right? So how much do you think it made in its total domestic box office run? I'm going to say 8 million. It's still out, isn't it? No, it's last weekend in theaters was the weekend of April 29th, and it was only in 49 theaters. It did not come back the week after that. Six million. So Paige, what do you think it made total box office domestic? I said eight. Uh, It actually made $11.7 million domestically, and then another $1.3 internationally for a total of $13.1 million, which I bet is more than the budget for this movie. And then it got 20 bucks from each of us because we bought it when we watched it today. So (laughs) it's made at least $60 in the whole market performance, so... I bet it'll make a lot in the home market because it got a lot of buzz. The It was not in theaters a long time. No, it wasn't. It really wasn't, Mikey. You're right. But that's your box office. Yeah, Mikey, hit us with that scary scale. Scary scale, isn't it? Scale of 1 to 10 of how scary we found the film today when we watched it. It's not a scale of quality, just a scale of scary. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Page. So when I saw this in the theaters, it was a solid like a 7 at least for me. I was pretty freaked. Today, it was like a two. I think that's fair because you knew it was coming. For me, I didn't know it was coming. I didn't see it in theaters and body horror doesn't get me as much, but I'm still going to give it a five because it did affect me. Yeah, I think in a theater, it would have scared you shitless. I think so, too. I think the jump scares would have been way bigger in a theater and that would have kicked it way up the scary scale for me. So, yeah, I agree, Paige. I do, too. I'm going to give it a three, though, because I didn't get super freaked out. But I think in the theaters, it would have been like a solid five or six. Yeah. Yeah, that checks out. And that's our scary scale. Yeah. So this week, you guys made me watch X. What are you making me watch next week? Um, next week is a listener request. Uh, that's right. It is the listener request. And this month, the listeners whittled the final four down to American Psycho, Creep, Freaky, and Orphan. And it looks like Creep has taken the final vote. So your homework for next week is to watch Creep and then check back for that episode. Review. Yeah. So, Mikey, do you have a review for Ooh. us to read? Yes. Nice. Well, whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to read Dip Dobson. 
Dip Dobson. Okay. Dip Dobson 212. All right. Well, what does Dip Dobson 212 have to say? 214 episodes and going. Yep. I've been around this podcast since the initial sneak peek back when they were on Modern Horrors podcast thread. That's like super early on like first few yeah, months really of the early. podcast yeah that's amazing I, know, I didn't even know you did a sneak peek this is a podcast that sticks with you and makes you look forward to your monday drive to work oh that's very kind seeing the show grow change and mature as the host grew and learned the unfortunately dying medium of podcasts has been a very rewarding experience <laughs> as a listener <laughs> i greatly appreciate all of the fun you bring to my day and the day of everyone else who tunes in to listen five stars well dip dobson 212 thank you so much for that awesome review and if you want to have mikey read your review leave us a five-star review we're up to, almost, we're almost, we're up to 1050 i know right we blew past a thousand and now we're almost mm-hmm. to 1100 it's insane so guys if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies check out romancing the pod where mikey page and i break down and make fun of romantic movies it's a lot of fun guys check it out if you want to follow us on social please Please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to Patreon.com slash Horror Virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me, but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. Box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. Box, it's actually not a P.O. Box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Nick B. B. Nick B, fun fact. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He almost got eaten by a gator, but he climbed out just in time. (gasps) Um, And we are lucky that you survived the gator attack, Nick B. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, this episode was also brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager is driving her crazy. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week? Tia's teenager is driving her crazy by yelling affirmations into the mirror without cocaine. So, like, imagine that kind of volume. It's just powdered sugar. (laughs) Yeah, just pixie sticks. (laughs) I will pass this math test. Just smoking her candy Pass the fun dip, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this episode was also brought to you by the number Jeff, and Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down one of the following Marvel TV shows, and that would be Agent Carter, Jessica Jones, and WandaVision. So if you want to listen to a breakdown podcast about 
any of those three shows, listen to Kissing Jessica Jones. This episode also brought to you by Jonathan. And Jonathan sent us a video that he would like us to watch. Are you guys ready? Yes. Let me uh, share my screen. And you know, he normally sends us spooky spider videos. But this time, he just wants us to see if we can guess which Pokemon this is. Oh, I'm going to be terrible at this. I don't know any Pokemon. Me too. Okay, Mewtwo. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so he just rickrolled us. That's what just happened. <laughs> oh, well, that's very mature. Let it play. Yeah. I do love this song. I do love that he also chose Chaos this week. He didn't choose to scare I, us. I'm down. Yeah, I love it. It was also a pretty short rickroll, Little which I'm strangers here for. <laughs> You know the rules. And, and so do I. I. I can still sing with COVID, what? So, Jonathan, thank you so much for the love and, I guess, the uh, Rick Astley. We appreciate it. Hey, thank you for never giving us up or letting (laughs) us down or running around and hurting us. Exactly. So we now return you to another episode of The Patrionicals. Okay, look. I'm at the beach, so I'm going to really, if you thought I half-assed the other episodes. Beaches still exist after the world's been destroyed multiple times? Amazing. Mikey, you went halfway to Atlantis just to phone it in? Say it ain't so. Oh, say it ain't so. Okay, here we go. I got some weird shit. Let's do it. So in the in the ring of, they're making everybody fight, so... Uh, the Atlantis people are making everybody fight for their enjoyment. So, right. uh, Kumite, Dumite, oh, if it's a fight to the death. My mom's on the balcony, so I feel like this is extra weird to like overhear me talk about. <laughs> I love this. Uh, so <laughs> Isaac, Karun, and Kate are f- are fighting, and they're teamed up with Nathan, uh, Sneaky Snake, and Joey, and they're all fighting a giant squid. Okay, that checks out. And they're mm, each in calamari. One of the <laughs> Captain Bruder Brother Captain Brother Yeah Captain Brother And uh, Jennifer the PH They uh, He turned to Jennifer the PH And was like Look You've been my first mate For a long time But if we're gonna die I need you to know That I love you And then Aww. he like Makes out with her Yeah Okay That's what they're doing They're like They're like hooking up While everybody's fighting And I just called To say, say I squid you, you. <laughs> Dreskel is talking to Shining Donut because they're not fighting right now. And he's like, so you're just like a big donut that grows in size and not? <laughs> I love how he's asking the questions we all have. Yeah. Uh, but then like Kaylee was like, you're a really cute donut. Like, what's your deal? And so he's like, what's up, girl? You want to get in my hole? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Daniel and Aaron uh, are meeting with the Mun people who are trapped or in Atlantis and are reunited. And they're, they've decided to try to rebuild the Mun underwater or they're just trying to talk out their options. But there's a few hundred of them under there and they're meeting with them and organizing. Right. So, so Scott and his ghost and his shoulder, Wes, they like he they approach Amber and Allie, the mermaids, and they're like, how do you how do you get? Scott out of us. They're like, I'm going to use our mer magic. And so they start together sucking on his shoulder. What? What is happening? Just sucking really hard. On his get shoulder? That, get that. Trying to suck uh, Dreskel out of his shoulder with their mer magic. Getting that sweet, sweet shoulder meat. And uh, unfortunately, you're going to have to wait till next week to find out. If sucking if on his shoulder was the key to unlocking him the whole time? Magically. I'm so glad your mom was here to witness you make this up. 
<laughs> oh, and then uh, Dave gets eaten by the squid at the very end. That checks out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. I guess we're going to have to wait till next week to find out if uh, sucking on someone's shoulder will release the ghost that's living there on another episode of The, the Patrioticals. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye, porno-watching nerds. Mikey, when you finish every episode of The Patrioticals, I feel like in your head you're like, fucking nailed it every time. (laughs) And I love that for you. Just finishing it is really half the battle. Yeah, it is. Just getting through it is half the battle. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Mikey rocks. Instead of of G.I. Joe? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The more you know.